Our second scripture reading today is from the 16th chapter of Matthew, verses 21 through 26. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned to and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but profit forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? Here ends the reading of the scriptures for today, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In our scripture reading today, uh, Jesus makes it very, very clear that if we want to be one of his disciples, we, we've got to constantly be doing three things. We've got to be willing to deny ourselves. We must be willing to take up the crosses that Christ allows us to have in our lives. And of course, we must follow him. Not get in front of him and tell him where to go or what to do. But no, we are to follow him. We are to, to deny ourselves thoughts, attitudes, habits, behaviors that we know dishonor and displease Christ. We're to bear crosses that may be very, very uncomfortable to bear, but they are thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions that do honor and do please Christ. So we have this extraordinary experience between Peter, between Jesus and his right-hand man, Peter. So Jesus says to his disciples, okay, guys, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer a great deal by the from the leadership of the Jewish people. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. But I'm going to rise again. I'm going to rise again. So Peter doesn't follow Jesus, doesn't get behind Jesus, what does Peter do? Gets in front of Jesus. Not going to happen, Jesus. I don't like this. I don't want any talk of you going anywhere and dying. So this is Peter's right hand, this is Jesus' right hand man. What does, what does Jesus say in response to what Peter says? What does he say? Get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking about divine things, Peter. You're thinking about earthly things. You're in my way. You are a stumbling block to God's will for me. Get out of the way, you devil. Get out of the way. Now, this is his right-hand man he's talking to. 
right? So Peter, Peter was a stumbling block. And Jesus had to remind Peter of something he had heard many times Jesus say. Peter, you've got to keep your mind on what's God's plan, divine things, not just your agenda, what you want, what pleases you, what satisfies you in life. Way back in 1970, that was a long time ago, right? 1970, I was a sophomore at Penn State University and had an extraordinary experience there. I was involved with a student Christian uh, group there and there was what was called a, a, a free speech platform rally. A free speech platform rally. It was sponsored by the SDS, Students for Democratic Society. A very, very um, radical uh, group uh, on the campus. But anybody could say anything they wanted to say. You just had to get in line and have the mic and, and start talking. And of course, uh, the SDS and other radical groups were putting down the President of the United States, putting down Congress, putting down the whole shebang. There were particularly a lot of speeches against the Vietnam War, which was still going on in 1970. Well, there was a fellow student, a friend of mine, David Sheff. I still remember his name. But more importantly, I remember what he said. He got in that line, and he got the mic. And I'll, I'll never forget what he said. Because he said, you know, we've been told by our elders, learn, baby, learn. Learn, baby, learn. If you just learn enough, you just get a good enough education, you're going to have a successful and happy life. And then the message turned a little bit. And our elders have been saying to us, earn, baby, earn. Money is what it's about. Enough money, enough stuff, you're going to be happy. You're going to be fulfilled. Earn, baby, earn. But then he turned to the leaders of the SDS and others, and he said, you know, what you're saying to us today is, Burn, baby, burn. Burn it down. Burn the whole thing down. And we will build it up again from the ashes. Burn, baby, burn. But then he said, what we all need to do, all of us here and every human being on earth, is turn, baby, turn. Turn, baby, turn. Turn to Christ. He's the only one who can give us fulfillment and satisfaction in life. No matter how much education you've got, no matter how much money you've got, it's not important. It's turning to Christ. It's trusting in Christ. Well, it was amazing uh, the impact that his message had because there was this calm that settled over the crowd. It was just... Well, those, it's hard to explain, but there was this, it's almost like the Holy Spirit just kind of rushed in there and everybody kind of calmed down after he was done speaking. And I was carrying a, a sign, a placard that said, Jews for Jesus. That's what my placard said. Jews for Jesus. I was a little afraid. I, didn't, I thought some folks might come up, whether they were Jewish or not, 
and say to me, how can, you, how can you carry such a sign as that, Jews for Jesus? I was a little afraid. But what happened after my friend was done is students came to me. And we had a great conversation. I, I didn't know any of them. And we sat on the grass and we talked. And we had a very civil, pleasant conversation with one another. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Turn, baby, turn. Turn to, the, turn to me. Turn to the gospel. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Turn, baby, turn. Turn to Christ for fulfillment in life. What does that mean, though? What does it mean to turn to Jesus? Well, that's what Jesus talks about here in our scripture reading today. It means that we may need to deny ourselves the things that we have grown accustomed to in our life. Denying ourselves of beliefs and attitudes and behaviors and habits is hard to do. It's hard to change. It's hard to turn. It's hard to pivot. But that is what Jesus is calling us to do in denying ourselves. And it's not easy. I'm like a lot of Americans. I'd like to lose about 10 pounds at least. Maybe 15. <laughs> yeah, I, I can talk all I want to about how I want to lose weight, but talking doesn't change anything, does it? <laughs> talking doesn't change a thing. I've got to do the hard stuff of not eating as much bread and desserts and potatoes and pastries and all that good stuff, you know, if I expect to lose weight. It's a challenge. You know, I've got a sweet tooth. Actually, I've got two or three, maybe four. And, uh, and it's hard. It's hard. And I was born into a family where we leave the table and we almost always say to each other, I'm stuffed, you know. If you, hadn't, if you weren't stuffed, then you hadn't eaten, you know, kind of thing. Changes, changes are difficult. Along with material things in our lives that are hard to change, even more difficult are what I call the non-material pleasures of which we Christians must deny ourselves. Things like denying ourselves the pleasure of talking maliciously about people who have hurt us or who we just don't like. That's not easy to deny ourselves such a pleasure. Or denying ourselves <clears throat> the pleasure of refusing to forgive, of holding grudges, of being unwilling to pray for those who have hurt us. Denying ourselves the need to always have the last word. <clears throat> Isn't it fun to talk with people who always have to have the last word? Isn't that fun? <laughs> No, not fun. Denying ourselves the desire to push others down in order to push ourselves up. Very common human practice. Push others down, push me up. To follow Jesus, we must very deliberately choose to live the way Jesus lived. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. 
when he was nailed to that cross, what was one of the things he said on that cross? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Forgive these men who have put me here on this cross. Two businessmen in South Africa <clears throat> were having lunch together one day. <clears throat> but after the meal, one of them realized, a Mr. Rumble, he realized he, he, he didn't have his wallet. He had lost his wallet. And his wallet was stuffed with cash and gasoline coupons. Well, three, years, three, three days later, the two men were driving from Luska to Johannesburg. And this middle-aged African man waved them down as they were in the car. And he asked them, he said, uh, are you going to Johannesburg? And, and they said, yes. And so this African man said, would, would you please try to find for me a Mr. Rumbold? Because I found his wallet and I'd like to return it to him. And I found it about three days ago. So if I give it to you, will you, will you get it to him? Well, Mr. Rumbold was flabbergasted. And he wanted to offer this man a reward for returning his wallet. But the man said, oh, he said, I, I, I don't want a reward. No, sir, you see, I don't, I don't need a reward for not stealing. I don't need a reward for not stealing. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I don't need a reward for doing what God calls me to do. Followers of Jesus Christ deny themselves of those things that they know would displease Jesus, whether it's a wallet full of cash or whether it's something of other earthly value. We are to deny ourselves. We are to take up crosses Jesus calls us to carry. You know, carrying something heavy, something that weighs us down, that digs into our lives, into our flesh, that penetrates our self-centered natures, is again, no party. It's not fun. It's not easy. I remember as a teenager going to a Boy Scout camp and we were building something with logs, with trees we'd cut down, and we were carrying these logs. So four or five of us would pick up a log, big log, put it on our shoulders, and we'd carry it one place to another. Problem was, I was usually the tallest kid there. So as I carried my part of the log, these short guys weren't carrying hardly anything at all, you know. <laughs> it wasn't fair. One fair. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, bearing a cross, doing God's will, is so often difficult, challenging, sometimes overwhelming. And sometimes we may feel that others, and maybe even God himself, is not treating us fairly. However, we must be willing to hurt if we want to follow Jesus. Sorry, sorry to have to say that, but that's what he's saying here. Because cross-bearing... When, when, when people of his day saw others bearing a cross, they knew they were hurting. And that's why Jesus used the illustration. It's not going to be easy. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. We see this in life everywhere, don't we? If you're an athlete and you want to win on the field, what do you got to endure in order to win? What do you have to endure to win? 
pain, right? It's not going to be easy. If you're in boot camp or other training with the military, and you're getting ready for the possibility of facing the enemy someday, is it fun? Is it easy to get trained and to be ready to defend the co our country when the time comes? No, it's not. But it's necessary. So Jesus is not telling us anything, anything unusual here. But he's telling us to follow him and honor him. The old movie, Dead Man Walking, is about a convicted murderer, Matthew Poncelet. And he has as his spiritual advisor a Roman Catholic nun named Helen Pergine. Now, this nun has personal doubts about her work, and she's repeatedly confronted by the victim's enraged parents. But she draws this inner strength to sustain her ministry to this Matthew Poncelet. At the end of the movie, immediately after Poncelet's funeral, the father of one of the victims comments to Sister Prajean and comments how he wishes he had her faith. And she instantly replies, it's not faith. It's not that easy. It's work. It's work. It's not faith. It's work. It's working out my faith. That's the challenge. That's the challenge for all of us. So Jesus promises us that through the denying of ourselves and through the painful bearing of our crosses, we find what life is about. The Christian life is a series of opportunities. Now hear me, listen carefully now. The Christian life is a series of opportunities to lose that which we cannot keep, to gain that which we cannot lose. Do you hear that? We have opportunities to lose that which we cannot keep, to gain that which we cannot lose. We're called to lose ourselves in dedication to God, knowing that we cannot keep our lives here on earth forever. We seek to gain a place in God's kingdom that no one can take from us. This is God's plan for us to let loose of those things we cannot keep, we cannot keep, no matter how hard we try, so we can gain what we're never going to lose for eternity. We're never going to lose for eternity. We see this, of course, in marriage, in friendships, in business even, as well as other arenas of life. What we gain from life depends upon what we are willing to give in life, even when the giving involves pain. As we observe Holy Communion today, what is it that God wants from us? What does God want from us as we observe Holy Communion? He wants all of us. All that we are and all that we have. He won't settle for anything less than all of us. All that we are and all that we have. You know, when Jesus was led to Calvary by the Roman soldiers, he was under their complete control. He had no control whatsoever of his life at that time. Taking up our crosses following Jesus means that we grow in our capacity to let go, to let loose of our trying to control our own lives as well as the lives of others. 
and we give over the control of our lives to Christ. God has us where he wants us to be only as we deny ourselves of those things that we may not keep if we really want to be valuable to his kingdom. He has us only as we are daily willing to suffer so that his will may be done in and through us. He has us only as we are continually looking at his back, always looking at his back, following him, living in such a way that if he turns to look back at us, he will see and hear that which pleases him. Remember, Jesus is not a good luck charm that we put in our pocket or someplace else. He's not a good luck charm. He's not someone who just comes along and endorses all that we want in life or all, all of our goals in life. He's not a good luck charm. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's his attitude toward people who think of Jesus as a good luck charm. No, he's not that. We've got to be looking at his back all the time, following him, not running ahead of him and saying, okay, Jesus, please bless this, please bless that, please do this, please do that. No. Follow him for his plans for our lives, to his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We uh, want to share a course in Holy Communion today. And... I want to lead us uh, in our service, in our hymnal.